It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 247 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Monday, March 26th, 2012. On tonight's show, I will be previewing tomorrow night's show with the uh, president of the American Academy of Family Physicians. No, he's not here tonight. He'll be here tomorrow night, but we'll be kind of setting up uh, tomorrow night. We'll be, <clears throat> I'll be giving some background information uh, to uh, kind of make tomorrow's night show sound uh, a little bit more uh, making sense because, uh, well, I'll get into it here. So um, so we'll be previewing that tomorrow night and uh, then talking about some other issues here. Uh, all that coming up uh, on tonight's show, episode 247 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. And now just a clip. This is just a clip of the American Academy of Family Physicians president, Dr. Glenn Stream. Um, this year, one of my commitments and, and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and, and our frontline membership. Uh, on, on Monday, a Twitter handle, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold, at uh, AFP Prez, P-R-E-Z, I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000, um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has nearly 7,000 uh, members. social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is Mike Savella, family physician and social media enthusiast. What is this show about? Well, I just tell people this is social media through the eyes of a family physician. I encourage you to check out the website at familymedicinerocks.com. Shout out to all, uh, everybody following me on Twitter, all 8,677 people follow me on Twitter. Why, I have no idea. You can uh, follow me at Dr. Mike Sabella. Thank you so much for that. And also, shout out to all 358 people who like the Facebook page for this show, for this blog. Thank you so much for that. 
Today is Monday, March 26, 2012. It is 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, the temperature here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters is 26 degrees Fahrenheit. That's right. It's a Monday night here. And uh, having a special Monday night show, because uh, I will be, I am previewing tomorrow's show with Dr. Glenn Stream, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians. He's not here tonight. He's here tomorrow night. Uh, but before you turn off this show <laughs> and come back tomorrow, uh, I just want to uh, kind of set the table for tomorrow, you know, give you some background information because we'll be talking about some, uh, um, at times, complex, even to me, uh, health policy uh, type issues. Uh, but before we get started uh, this evening, you know, I, I wanted to share a little bit of a story here. And, uh, uh, you know, as people know, you know, I'm, I'm a family doc here in northeastern Ohio, and uh, I uh, took a couple of days off at the end of last week. Um, I went down to our great uh, state capital of Columbus, Ohio, uh, to take part in a meeting down there um, with uh, our state chapter of the American Medical Association, the Ohio State Medical Association. And uh, it's basically a physician, you know, advocacy, you know, keeping up on important legislative issues, which more, most people don't care about, but it's very important. And they got to talk with and dialogue with, uh, you know, not only family docs, but, uh, you know, people and, and physicians and other specialties. And, you know, it's always interesting, you know, what's happening up at the state level. If, you know, people don't know, you know, I live up here. You know, three hours away, you know, on on the border of, of Ohio and Pennsylvania, um, so which basically means that uh, you know people in the state capital, you know, they don't they don't care too much, they don't pay too too much attention to what goes on this way. Uh, as with most states, you know, it's uh, it is what's going on in the state capital that is the most important stuff. Uh, but it's always interesting talking with uh, people from uh, other parts of the state to see what they're doing. Uh, to see how they're practicing medicine, to see how the politics is uh, uh, similar, uh, but still very difficult. And uh, getting home from that, I started back to work this morning, went to the hospital, went to the office. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just gets me centered again. It just gets me you know the the reason why I do this. You know the reason why that you know I, I I continue to see patients and and to to deal with this broken healthcare system. Uh, you know just just a couple of patients. You know today that really turns you around. You know the patients that I've seen for a long time. You know continuity of care is something. You know one of the stalwarts, one of the hallmarks. You know one of the core values of of primary care, especially family medicine. And, you know, you, you see people, and even though you take a couple of days off, you know, it's just, it's just, I just have the best patients, patients that are you know, so appreciative and, you know, patients that say, hey, you know, they, they want to get to know you a little bit. You know, they, 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 you know, they say things that, you know, sometimes that, you know, that, that you really need to keep going. You know, I had a, a couple of patients today and, you know, they said, "Hey, you know, I, you know the, the, the other people in this office, you know, that they're 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 nice, 
you know, I know that they're very competent doctors, but, you know, I, I just, I don't like seeing anybody else, Doc. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're back. You know, they say things like, hey, you know, th- thanks for being my doctor, you know. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, at least for me, you know, it doesn't really take, you know, that much to, to really appreciate the little things in life. You know, just a little bit of a thank you. That That's, you know, that really goes a long way. You know, and and you know, saying having patients say stuff like, you know, I uh, I trust you, you know, I trust your decision, I trust that you know what is the best for me. You know, having those moments, you know, today in the office, it really it, it really cuts through all of the uh, bureaucratic frustrations, you know, that I have. It really cuts through, you know, all all of this, you know trying to take care of patients in this system that is very, very difficult sometimes, a system that is full of things like preauthorizations and and multiple phone calls and, um, you know, know, stepwise, you know, authorizations and this and that. And um, it's it's just moments like that. It's just moments like that through the day, through the week, through the month, that really say, hey, this is why I chose this career in the first place, and and this is why I do what I do. I know there are tons of, of stories out there uh, that that I would just really love to hear about. I talked about that on the last show here. You know, it's you know too often that you hear on traditional media and social media, you know, people complaining, people being angry, people being bitter uh, because. That is the stuff that gets the television ratings. That is stuff that sells newspapers. That is stuff that gets you hits on your website. You know, but but this 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 show here, this blog, this website, Family Medicine rocks. It's there for a reason. You know, and and, and I really enjoy sharing, you know, those type of stories with all of you. It it is re-energizing. It is reinforcing. You know, it, it is why that I that I go through this. You know, and it is. Uh, uh, I just wanted to share that with you on the show tonight because it's just it's it's something that I've been thinking about all day, and I wanted to share with all of you. This is why I love my job. This is why I love what I do, despite all of the frustrations that go along with this job. Um, but tonight I will be previewing tomorrow night's show. You know, those of you who are tuning in to listen to uh, Dr. Glenn Strain, the president of the Academy of uh, American Academy of Family Physicians, he's not here tonight. He'll be here tomorrow night. So come back tomorrow, <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> March 27 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And uh, he will be here to uh, talk about a couple of topics, which I'll get into in a little bit. And uh, at the end of the show here, I will share at – at the end of this show here tonight, I'll share um, a little bit about how this interview was kind of set up, uh, and you'll want to stay tuned for that. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host. Um, been doing social media since 2005 and uh, doing this show for uh, four and a half years now, I believe, and uh, – can't believe it's been going that long already. Uh, if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor, as I said before. I'm in full-time private practice here in beautiful but colder 
northeastern Ohio. This is actually March weather that's going on, not the uh, July weather that we've been having the last couple of months. So I will uh, take my break, and then uh, we will get started with some just background information to set the table for show number 248 when AEFP Prez will be here. Uh, you're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. Just Google FM Revolution for more details. And also a member of the Proba Network of Podcasts. You can get there by going to promednetwork.com. And we'll be right back. That's right. Social media through the eyes of a family physician. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on a Monday night here. My name is Mike Sevilla. So let's kind of break this down here. Um, and uh, so what Dr. Stream is going to be talking about uh, tomorrow um, is a policy decision that was made uh, by, the, uh, by the board of directors of the American Academy of Family Physicians having to do with something called the RUC. And uh, for especially people who are not in medicine, they're like, what the heck is the RUC? So uh, I'm going to be describing that a little bit here, just to kind of, uh, as I said before, you know, to kind of set the table for tomorrow night's show and uh, to get you familiar with, uh, you know, kind of what is uh, going to be uh, going on here. Um, and uh, so uh, uh, this information about the RUC I'm pulling from uh, the Family Practice Management magazine. And this is an article from February 2008, but uh, most of this information is still relevant for today. And uh, especially for you uh, family docs out there, I encourage you to uh, you know, search this out. The title is, What Every Physician Should Know About the Ruck. And this is from February 2008. The authors are uh, Kent Moore, Thomas Felger, Walt Larimore, and uh, Terry Mills, Jr., and um, the the uh, subtitle here is a, a small group of physicians has a big say in what you get paid. And how this starts is uh, what the RUC stands for is this: the American Medical Association Specialty Society Relative Value Scale Update Committee, <laughs> or RUC. <laughs> I know. Can you believe that? No wonder they shortened it. I'll say that again. The American Medical Association Specialty Society Relative Value Scale Update Committee. I know. Uh, so that's why they shortened it to RUC. So this committee makes recommendations to Medicare, otherwise known as the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. People uh, may know it as CMS. So the RUC's recommendations go to CMS, and uh, they have been in the past significantly influence the relative values assigned to physician services and how physicians are paid. 
So the RUC made recommendations to Medicare. People know what Medicare is. Medicare makes recommendations on physician payment. That's kind of how the story begins. Uh, and the next sentence of this article says, CMS ex- uh, expects allowed expenditures under the Medicare physician fee schedule to ex- exceed $76 billion in 2008. Uh, and the RUC will be instrumental in determining how those dollars are parceled out. Now, this according to the uh, 2008 article, which I know has changed since then, but uh, this 2008 article says, that CMS has historically accepted 90% or more of the RUC's recommendations. I know that number has went down. This article goes on to say, given that the average family physician's uh, patient mix is 22% Medicare, the RUC is likely to have direct influence on one-fifth of your income, family physicians. The real impact of RUC is even bigger when you consider that many other payers tie their fee schedule to Medicare. 85% of private payers and 69% of Medicaid programs. So this little committee here, this committee of 29 members, can and will and have been determining physician payment uh, for a very long time. This article goes on to uh, give a little bit of background. The American Medical Association formed the RUC in 1991 to act as an expert panel in making recommendations to Medicare regarding payment codes uh, called CPT codes or or current procedural terminology codes. I know, very confusing. Uh, using the resource-based relative value scale, RBRVS, that was mandated by Congress in 1989. Uh, so this is more basically federal mumbo-jumbo. So you can kind of, even just me describing this, kind of even getting a flavor of the complexity of how physicians are paid by the government when it comes to Medicare and ultimately Medicaid as well. This article goes on to say the RUC is composed of 29 members and 29 alternate members when this article was written in 2008. 23 of the members are employed by major specialty societies, including AFP, and each one has an alternate member as well. Uh, According to this 2008 article, three of the seats rotate every two years, two are reserved for internal medicine, and the other is open to any other specialty. So this article goes on to say of the 29 members of the RUC, only five currently represent primary care specialties as defined by the AAFP. And this has been really a, uh, you know, contention point for primary care and um, family medicine uh, that the RUC, which is ultimately Medicare, uh, is disproportionate, is biased toward specialists and biased against primary care, biased against uh, family physicians. And uh, this has been going on for a long time. And uh, just as an example uh, in this article, that uh, they say something like this. They say uh, a family physician would have to do approximately uh, 16 high-level and complex office visits 
compared to the cardiologist doing one procedure. So cardiologist does one procedure that is equal to 16 visits from a family physician, which is 16 visits. That's like most of a day. <laughs> That's like most of a day's work for a family physician. Uh, and they, this article goes on to say, put another way, a cardiologist doing uh, five of procedures in this example, uh, heart catheterizations, doing five heart catheterizations would uh, equal 80 visits in the family physician's office, 80 visits. I mean, that's like most of a week's work. <laughs> I mean, that, that is a... That is a lot of visits. Uh, so that is why that, uh, you know, primary care has been you know, very uh, upset about this over the past few years. Um, and this article kind of goes more into the specific composition of this. Uh, and this article ends up by saying, is Ruck the right approach? Question mark. Uh, family medicine gained uh, some ground in 2007 as a result of the Ruck's five-year review of the uh, Medicare physician fee schedule. CMS uh, accepted Ruck's recommendation that increasing uh, RVUs for higher-level visits payment increased 13% for level threes and 9% for level fours. And the last paragraph of this article says that whether RUC is the right approach for determining the relative value of physician services has been the subject of much debate and is beyond the scope of this article. The AAFP, through its RUC representation, is attempting to ensure that uh, the process serves family medicine as well as it possibly can. So that's kind of the first article that I'm going to review here. You know, it's just, just kind of saying what is RUC, why is it important? For physicians, why is it important for family physicians? So I'll pick up the story, you know, almost a year ago. The next part of the story takes place in uh, June 2011, uh, which is a few months ago, where the uh, American Academy of Family Physicians sent a letter to the RUC and uh this kind of started off this whole thing um, where we're at right now. So I'll read this here. This says, this is from June 10, 2011. Today, the American Academy of Family Physicians took bold action towards more accurate and equitable payment for our patients and uh, members. We call on the RUC to specifically make changes in its structure, process, and procedures. We are calling for the following Number one, more seats for family medicine, general internal medicine, and general pediatric medicine. Number two, the addition of three new seats for external representation, such as consumers, employers, and health plans. Number three, a permanent seat for geriatric medicine. Number four, the elimination of, of existing rotating subspecialty seats as current representatives. And the last, number five, Greater voting transparency on all RUC votes. So this was uh, released and forwarded on last summer. And following the release of that letter, there was much discussion that was taking place. 
um, especially at um, the state level, where people are saying, hey, you know, we think that the AAFP is uh, taking this seriously here. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what's going to happen um, if one or more of those recommendations are not met? And last summer I was had the luxury, I had, uh, not the luxury, but I was lucky enough to be invited to uh, some uh, state meetings last year to speak on social media, and I was able to kind of sit in on some of their uh, member sessions as well. And there was a lot of discussion about the RUC last summer. Um, and there were some states that uh, passed what they call resolutions, policy recommendations, you know, policy changes, um, that said, hey, the, the, uh, the family doc should get out of the RUC. The American Academy of Family Physicians should get out of the ruck, um, and it, it, you know, it turned out being very passionate type of discussion that was uh, that was seen. Um, I think across the country, but maybe it was just a vocal minority of uh, of chapters of members. And going into the big national meeting last fall, uh, there's a lot of discussion on this. There's a lot of discussion on what the academy should do you know if you know the these recommendations you know were not met at all so i'm going to advance the story a little bit more to uh, february and march of this year in which a letter was forwarded back from the ruck and saying hey aefp hey academy you know we we really uh we really welcome your uh, suggestions, but uh, we're, we're not going to listen to most of them. <laughs> we're going to continue to do, to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, this is a story here from uh, healthcarefinancenews.com. This is from uh, March 14, 2012. It's entitled AAFP Stays in the Ruck. The AAFP has decided to continue its participation with the committee, the Ruck Committee. And it kind of goes through some of the things that I just reviewed. And in this article, you know, there is a quote from Dr. Stream that says, we're disappointed and frustrated by the response uh, that in some way substantially uh, meet our request. I did not in some ways substantially meet our request. Our decision to remain in the ruck is not all because we're satisfied with the response, but at the end of the day, it's our interest in what Efforts are behalf of our members and are going to have the best uh, traction strategically in getting a better payment for primary care services. Because what really happened was, this is another article here. This is back from February 2, going backwards a little bit. But the RUC added two members. and basically ignored the rest of the requests of the American Academy of Family Physicians. So during that time in February, and also beginning at the beginning of March, people were asking, you know, the health policy people were asking, 
you know, what is what is the AFP going to do? Are they going to are they going to get out? Are they going to continue? What's going to be what's going to go on with this? And there was an interesting article here. I'm going to read from the Health Affairs blog from uh, March 14. They, uh, it's titled "Adding Seats: The Rux Sleight of Hand," written by Paul Flusher and Brian Klepper. And in this article, they say this. The Rex maneuvers are a cynical sleight of hand because they announced two seats, a permanent one for geriatrics and a rotating one for primary care. And the article says the American Geriatric Society and the American College of Physicians praised the move as a step that would amplify the Rex appreciation for physician efforts. But he says the Rex maneuvers are a cynical sleight of hand. They attempt to assuage charges of subspecialty bias while continuing the RUC's subspecialty dominance. The addition's reduced procedure lists share the vote from 27 to 29, 93%, uh, to 87%, hardly a power shift. Primary care comprises about 35% of U.S. physicians, but cognitive medicine would have only 13% of the votes. And this article keeps going. You know, it's, it's a very interesting article. It's from Health Affairs blog from March 14. And the third to last paragraph goes like this. Last June, the AFP uh, wrote demanding, this article says demanding, the Rex primary care representation be increased. And it ends up, this article ends up by saying, the erectorate's relationship with CMS has exploited America's healthcare payment system for two decades, taking our economy to the edge of a precipice. The AFP will decide next month to walk or attempt or, or, or accept the Rex deception. If keeping with uh, faith with its members, then AFP will walk. If it doesn't, then its members should. Rest of us can only hope that the courts are not taken in. So that's an interesting article here. I mean, it's just um, kind of outlining some of the frustrations that uh, are out there. When the Academy um, had its article on its AEFP website, there's a lot of discussion out there. I direct people to AFP.org, AEFP News Now. The uh, posting is from March 13, 2012, and uh, the title is AFP Ops to Remain in the Ruck. And it describes, I won't go into more detail because Dr. Stream will get into it in more detail tomorrow night. But I encourage you to check out the comment section there because it is interesting seeing what people are re, you know people are commenting on, and I've gotten a lot of email and uh, messaging since the announcement that uh, Dr. Stream is going to be on the show here uh, coming on tomorrow night. Um, let's see if there's anything else I wanted to do by. Uh, setting the table here. 
What I'm going to do next here is uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a break here. And uh, following the break, I'm going to be uh, sharing some of the sentiments that uh, I have been getting as far as email messages uh, asking me <laughs> or even telling me these are the questions that you should ask Dr. Stream on your show t- uh, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. That will be show number 248. So I'll take a little bit of a break here. I'm going to catch my breath here. And uh, after the break, I'm going to be uh, sharing some of the sentiment uh, that has been uh, thrust upon me, your humble correspondent. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about what I'm going to be uh, talking with Dr. Stream about uh, tomorrow. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast here on a special Monday night show here on the Block Talk Radio Network. My name is Mike Savilla, and we will be right back. That's right. Family Medicine's leading voice in social media, in my own mind. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is Mike Sevilla. And uh, so tonight we're previewing uh, tomorrow night's show, show number 248, where uh, Dr. Glenn Stream, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, will be appearing here at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, here at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash fammedrocks. Uh, so thank you for hanging with me for that uh, first uh, section of the show. It's pretty complicated type of health policy stuff, you know, especially people that don't uh, follow this every day. I admit that I have been doing a lot of research, you know, on this in preparation for the show, basically because I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> um but I very much appreciate um, AAFP and um, um, Dr. Stream uh, reaching out to me and uh, to coming on the show tomorrow, and I'll, I'll talk about how that all happened at the end of the show. But, but for this part, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd like to share a little bit of the sentiment that has been out there, that people have been emailing me, people have been direct messaging me, people have been calling me and saying, hey, you know, uh, Mike, this is a, it's a great opportunity for you. Don't mess it up. Great. People are saying, don't ruck it up. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. Uh, but uh, you know, there, there's a lot of frustration out there. There's a lot of frustration out there, and I think that's why AFP reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we, we would like to explain our point of view. Um, but uh, after I announced that uh, Dr. Stream is coming on, and I've been getting some some messages from people, and uh, but some people would say, hey, Mike, you know, this this decision, you know, by the AFP board. Yeah, you know, it feels a lot 
like a few years ago, you know, during the whole um, health care reform debate, you know, that, that was had a lot of discussion on both sides, you know, and, uh, you know, ultimately the decision that was made, uh, nobody liked. <laughs> and uh, the academy and the board, uh, you know, heard it for that entire year. Um, as far as, you know, why did the Academy take this stand? You know, they did not listen to my point of view. They ignored me. They played politics. They just, you know, they, 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 they talk a good talk, but they do not follow through on what they say they're going to do. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a lot of people are referencing, you know, the, the, the controversial, you know, AAFP Coca-Cola thing that, 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 uh, decision that happened a few years ago, maybe even last year. I mean, it doesn't even seem that that far back. But you know, the the, the academy—they are, you know, they're, they're selling out. They're staying there. I can't believe that they're doing this. Um, and, and some people have told me, you know, they said, Mike, you know, when, when that letter went out last June, when that letter went out last June with those, I believe, five bullet points. Those five requests, there's five things and say, hey, this is what family medicine needs. This is how we think, you know, we can kind of reset things. We can kind of get the ruck on the right path to value primary care more because we don't feel valued, uh, you know, because you know, it's the the ruck is, you know, they're 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 they're, <laughs> they're trying to talk a good talk. Some people think they are, but they're they're just they're they're not following through. They're not showing family medicine the love. And when this letter went out last year, there's a lot of people that were very proud of the board. They were very proud of the academy for forwarding this letter out there and saying, "Hey, you are very specific. These are the five things that we want." And if you don't do it, what? If you don't do it, what? What is it going to happen? Now, reviewing the letter, the letter does not say that the AAFP will leave the ruck. That is not explicitly said in the letter. But in those state meetings that I went to last year, there are a lot of people that said, you know, it's unwritten, it's not in there, but the AFP should leave this health policy group, this health policy committee. It should leave the ruck. That would be a huge statement to our members. It would be a huge statement to primary care. It would be a huge statement to those policymakers there in Washington. People have said, yeah, that's what the academy should do. And, and and the states, I think there were some states, the vocal minority out there, they were passing resolutions to basically, you know, back up the academy if they were doing that. You know, I know of a handful of states and say, hey, we should get out. And this happened all through the summer leading up to the fall national meeting in Orlando. And there was more discussion there. And, you know, I'm not going to quote anybody. But I have heard maybe second or third hand that there were some high academy officials who said that if the RUC did not adequately respond to that letter, 
that, yeah, the consideration to leave the rub would be on. And maybe in the spring that the AEFP would make a bold statement and leave the ruck so we can go about, you know, getting our advocacy, getting our message out in other ways. Why waste our time being in a ruck or the ruck? So that is some of the sentiments that, that are out there. You know, that, you know, people are saying that, you know, that that since, since we're still in there, you know, I mean, that really kind of affects our credibility, you know. But we didn't really say we were going to leave, but we were kind of implying that we were going to leave. But now that we didn't leave, what does that really mean? That's some of the that's some of the things that I'm hearing, you know. Because it wasn't written, but it was kind of implied that we were going to be leaving. And when we didn't leave, people are like, well, then, you know, why? I mean, if the plan was to stay in there the whole time, if the plan was to do that, then why did we write such an aggressive letter a year ago that the plan was to stay in there the whole time? I mean, that, that was just kind of setting up members there. A lot of people, a lot of members out there, a lot of family docs out there are saying, I don't really get what happened, you know? I mean, the language a year ago, last summer, was very aggressive. And yet, earlier this month, it seems like it's put the Academy in a weaker uh, uh, legislative, a weaker advocacy position. And, and, and that's, that's the sentiment that, that I'm hearing from people. That, that, that is the tone that I'm hearing from people because people are just confused. People are just they're like, what, you know, what does that really even mean now? And I know that you know one of the things that's going to be brought up, you know, tomorrow night, um, is you know this creation of this primary care evaluation task force, which happened last summer too, but it didn't get a lot of press. You know, it was um, it, it was it was created, I think, you know, to to kind of get the right people at the table. And um, you know, recently, there's a, there's a good article here from uh, August 23, 2011, from AFP.org. The um, the title is uh, "Diverse Evaluation Task Force Calls on Immediate Improvement in Primary Care Payment." And they just they forwarded or they announced some um, recommendations here recently as well. This is from uh, March 14, 2012. AFP sends primary care evaluation task force recommendations to CMS. These include the following. New codes for services, E&M services, enhanced payment options for primary care physicians that are based on uh, the three definitional functions of primary care. I know this is pretty wonky stuff. This is pretty detailed stuff, and I apologize for getting into weeds here tonight, but... Um, but number three in this article, enhanced primary enhanced payment options for primary care physicians based on certain fundamental precepts, and fourth, payment for telephone and online E&M services. This sounds pretty good here, you know. You know, and you know, it was also announced that the academy is going to, you know, uh, try to bypass the ruck and to uh, to make these recommendations directly, directly 
to Medicare directly to um, to CMS. So that's good, isn't it? I mean, is it, I mean, is that good? So I think that you know, I mean, some of the things that you know, the the the, the main questions that, that I'm going to be having is you know, just basically, you know, just having you know, Doctor Stream, you know, explain basically the process. You know, I mean, this, uh, what was the process by which the board made this decision? You know, it was the board in a different place, you know, last summer than it is right now. I mean, it seems like it is, you know, to write such an aggressive letter in June of last year, you know, and to have all that discussion at the state level and at the national meeting in the fall, waiting for the spring. And then the spring, you know, they have the announcement that, you know, the REC really didn't do much with our recommendations at all. And then the ultimate decision, you know, to remain in the REC. You know, it, it could be a case where, you know, we have to remain, ha- you know, keep a seat at the table. You know, one of my good friends say, you know, it's, it's one of those things where uh, <laughs> you keep your friends close and enemies closer. Is that is that part of the strategy? It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I I am I, I, looking forward to hearing the story and, and to hearing this explanation because I know that, you know, in about a month, in about a month is going to be the next huge advocacy meeting on a national level with the annual leadership forum um, and also the national uh, conference of special constituencies. You know that is when the uh, probably the most vocal <laughs> advocates in the academy get together. I would imagine that there's going to be probably some kind of town hall type meeting there, um, an opportunity uh, for people to take shots at the board. I mean, uh, an opportunity uh, for people to ask questions of the board, <laughs> to uh, explain uh, their position. Uh, and which, uh, in, which some people have said has basically changed uh, in the past uh, few months. So, so the, the, that's kind of a backdrop of, of what's going to be happening uh, tomorrow night here, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I guess uh, you know, changing topics again. I mean, it's just you know, I mean, you know, how how did this how did this uh, you know, interview come about, and um, you know, I, I want to thank uh, you know the academy um, who reached out to me uh, and said, "Hey, you know, um, Mike, we know you do a podcast, and you know, we, we, we all follow it. We, we think you do a great job, and uh, you know, would you want to interview Dr. Stream about the recent decision to remain in the Ruck?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Uh, Dr. Stream can come on my show anytime and talk about anything. <laughs> talk about whatever he wants. <laughs> so, uh, um, so we tried to set it up for last week, but um, but my call schedule uh, got in the way, and um, he was going to a meeting, and then I was going to a meeting, uh, so we were able to uh, set it up uh, for tomorrow night. And uh, you know, I I really uh, and I'll tell this to him tomorrow night as well. I really appreciate. Uh, the Academy reaching out to me on this. I really appreciate him coming um, on this show uh, to explain uh, 
the position on the board on this uh, on this complicated uh, health policy issue. You know, in my wildest dreams, uh, I would never have imagined uh, that uh, the president of the AFP would be on my little show here to explain uh, a, a little bit of a controversial topic, and um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping in my selfish little mind that you know anybody from the AFP, any board member, you know, anybody from over there, you know, to to, to come on the show to uh, to not only talk about this, but to, to talk about you know whatever they want to talk about. You know, the, 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 this is this is kind of the next you know, step in my wild dream in my head as far as expanding uh, social media uh, when it comes to the family medicine community. You know, is, is is to talk about you know these type of issues on social media. You know, I I really applaud the academy for what they've done. You know, just in the past few months, as far as their leadership blog, um, as far as the AAFP Prez uh, Twitter handle, and uh, Dr. Stream has been uh, doing very well uh, tweeting out with that. Um, I really feel that the Family medicine community and social media has been growing. Um, it's been growing at least for the past couple of years. Um, I've been doing this, you know, social media thing, you know, uh, five or six years now, and uh, it's taken a long time to continue to keep working, to continue to get the voice out, not only about family medicine, but why I think social media is essential, essential for an organization uh, communication strategy. Um, in in this you know era now of you know Facebook and Twitter and and YouTube and and all these other social media platforms out there, you know uh, the, 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 this type of social media platform I think is essential moving forward, especially for a membership you know organization. This is a different way to get information out, um, and uh, I, I'm very very. I'm excited about it. I'm very excited. I'm, I admit, <laughs> I'm getting pretty nervous. This, this interview is about you know less than 24 hours away. I, I'm uh, getting uh, very nervous <laughs> about this <laughs> because uh, you know basically it could be my last interview of this of this entire show. It could be, it could be my last day in social media <laughs> tomorrow uh, if I totally mess up uh, this interview and I totally screw this up. So. Uh, so you have to tune in tomorrow. You have to tune in tomorrow because it could be the, my best show ever or it could be uh, the biggest train wreck uh, in my last day in social media. So <laughs> have I hyped it up uh, anymore? <laughs> um, let me see. Let me, let me review my notes here. If there's anything else that I, that I want to uh, review here uh, in, in this preview show here uh, tonight, you know, so, so basically, you know, kind of summing up here, you know, this the, what, what we're going to be talking about tomorrow night, uh, you know, basically breaking it down. What we're going to be talking about is, is, you know, the, the, the value of family medicine, the value of primary care and, um, you know, why for so many years, you know, Medicare, the government, um, and basically, you know, well, I think public perception, you know, ha- has not really, you know, appreciated uh, family medicine, has not appreciated primary care, and that has translated into dollars or non-dollars uh, through the years. 
And yeah, I appreciate the Academy's efforts, especially in the past year, to try to bolster that, to try to improve that, to try to use and leverage, you know, our you know, legislative position on some of this stuff, you know, and uh, you know, I, I really know that the members want to support the academy. The members, you know, want to be the cheerleaders to 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 cheer on the board, you know, to to cheer on you know people at the state and national legislative levels to say, hey, you know, we know it's going to be tough, you know, we know we're up against a lot of other lobbying groups. You know, but we think that, you know, the Academy, we think that the AFB has the best um, in mind for family physicians. And we are just frustrated. We are confused by this decision of the AFP board to remain in the ruck. And uh, that, that is a lot of, you know, you know uh, frustration uh, that is out there. Uh, so so I, I think that's, that's kind of setting up. Uh, you know, what we're going to be uh, talking about tomorrow. I hope we get to talk about some fun stuff tomorrow, too. I know, but uh, we should, you know, I know we'll definitely lead off, you know, with this, with this, you know, kind of complicated health policy uh, decision. Uh, but hopefully we'll get to be uh, talking about uh, some fun stuff, too, with uh, Dr. Stream. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, curious to kind of see how his, uh, how his presidential year has been going so far. Uh, I really appreciate him, you know, being on uh, his Facebook uh, kind of fan page uh, he's tweeting out, ta- talking about all the places that he's going to, the people that he's talking to. Uh, it seems like a very, very exciting thing. Uh, so, so I encourage all my people in the Family Medicine Revolution. You can find them on Twitter at the FM Revolution, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping for a, uh, I'm hoping for a good uh, turnout uh, tomorrow night. If it's not a good turnout tomorrow night, then it's still be me my last show because. I've been hyping up this show for four or five years, and if uh, two people show up for it, <laughs> then uh, then my reputation is basically done. <laughs> I will have uh, uh, disproven my reach <laughs> when it comes to the family medicine community. So uh, I'm really hoping for a good turnout uh, tomorrow night. You know, there's no basketball that's going on tomorrow night. You know, and uh, you know, wanted to uh, pick uh, a day. First of all, that was convenient for our schedules, and also, um, hopefully, uh, a time um, and a date that uh, people uh, could be able to uh, tune in for the show. So, I'm going to be writing up a blog post about this, and uh, at familymedicinerocks.com. And if people have feedback on this, you know, people have questions. Uh, you know, people. Uh, Want me to uh, to uh, look over some comments or potential questions for Dr. Stream? You know, please go to familymedicinerocks.com and just go to the comment section of the blog post and uh, uh, you know leave some uh, comments uh, there. Or you know, if you want to leave an anonymous uh, you know comment, you can go to familymedicinerocks.com and click on the uh, uh, contact tab, and uh, you'll be able to leave a, a anonymous comment that no one else would know about. Um, and uh, I'll be able to review that and, and see if I can, or if I can, or I should include that in my remarks and questions to Dr. Stream uh, tomorrow night. Uh, so that's all I have for you here uh, this evening. So, uh, hey, you know, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, especially those people, my friends in the family medicine revolution. You know, uh, if you're a family doc, if, if you're in primary care, you know, I encourage you to uh, tune in for the show, especially if you're a member of the American Academy of Family Physicians. Um, 
to do to, uh, uh, episode 248, uh, which will be tomorrow night, which will be Tuesday, March 27 at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time. And, you know, even if you can't uh, listen live, you, know, you can always uh, uh, download the podcast. I'll be able to uh, make it available um, on Twitter. I'll make it available at FamilyMedicineRocks.com. You'll be able to download it and uh, listen to it at your leisure. Um, and uh, I encourage you to give uh, give comments on the AFP.org website um, and uh, just let them know, you know, let them know that uh, you listen to the show here. Let them know that uh, you really appreciate the Academy doing all the social media initiatives that they've uh, done uh, this year because, you know, frankly, you know, if, if they're not seeing any kind of response on social media, then they'll shut everything down and uh, go a different direction. So uh, um, I hope that my social media friends out there will uh, uh, will support the show, uh, will uh, be able to join the show either live or, or download it. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's show some love. <laughs> show some love to Dr. Stream and show up here uh, tomorrow night and uh, just let them know, hey, you know, social media matters. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting more nervous though. I am getting more nervous. So I hope you see you tomorrow night here, kids, uh, for show 248. Uh, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, Dr. Glenn Stream, will be here. He'll be here at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on uh, BlockTalkRadio.com/slash/FamMedRocks. My name is uh, Mike Savilla, and uh, follow me on Twitter. And Dr. Mike Savilla, also go to uh, facebook.com slash famedrocks and uh, give a big like to the show. But you can get all the information at uh, familymedicinerocks.com. Hope to see you tomorrow night here for this historic show coming up. I'm very excited about it. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody. Good night from Northeastern Ohio. Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.